sort of new in the retail vernacular, I think. You know, people, they, when they think about online payments, the, the first thing that comes to mind is those debit and credit cards just punching in numbers. It's so much more today. Define those alternative payments for us, if you will. I really think almost the phrase alternative payment methods is almost kind of a misnomer these days because the alternative payment methods are just as commonplace now as the traditional payment methods. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Looking back at the recent holiday shopping season, I think one of the things we'd notice, um, and we actually covered it on the Independent Thinking blog, is the fact that alternative payments, uh, which we'll get into maybe not the best term for them, uh, but these alternative payments, things like you know mobile wallets and paying for, um, buy, in, buy online, pick up in store, those types of ways of checking out for the customer um, have really you know increased in usage over the last number of years and um, really played a big role in the holiday shopping season this past year in winter 2023. Um, so we took this opportunity looking back and and we have a great partner in PayPal here at Nationwide Marketing Group that uh, is a big player, if not the biggest player in the digital e-commerce space. And uh, wanted to take the opportunity to have them on the podcast to talk about, you know, this world of e-commerce and, you know, looking at not just those alternative payment mo- models, but uh, you know, other ways of implementing e-commerce into your digital and website strategy to, you know, see how independent retailers can leverage these tools in a number of ways to impact their business. And to do so, we invited Tiffany Raymond, the head of global customer advocacy for PayPal, uh, onto the podcast this week to to chat about that and a whole lot more. And what I I think my biggest takeaway from the conversation is that a lot of the things that you know we hear from Tiffany over the course of this discussion. Um, are things that you know we at Nationwide have told our own members, you, our listeners, in regards to uh, you know this digital landscape uh, and e-commerce specifically. So I think interesting to hear her have those discussions and and bring up the points that she does, and really you know I I think validate for both Nationwide and our members just how important and uh, how much opportunity exists in e-commerce. So. Excited to have her on, and of course, excited to have PayPal as a brand on this podcast. So let's just dive into it. This is Tiffany Raymond of PayPal here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and excited today to dive into the uh, the world of consumer finance, well, payments, right? And, and we got who better to talk to than probably the leading global brand uh, in this payment space and alternative payments in PayPal. And today we've got Tiffany Raymond, head of uh, Dr. Tiffany Raymond, correction, <laughs> rewind, repeat, Dr. Tiffany Raymond, head of global customer advocacy at PayPal. Excited to have you on talking from the other side of the state, right? I'm in I'm in Philly. You're in Pittsburgh. So we'll we'll try to keep it cordial yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> John, nothing but love. No. I, think, uh, I think of it as Team PA. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. They didn't tell me that when I went to school at Duquesne, but you know they they kind of gave me trouble for uh, my orange and black uh, Philadelphia Flyers fandom. But that's okay. I, I appreciate all of the black and gold and everything that goes on out in Pittsburgh. So <laughs> excited to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, first of all, we'll start right, you know, with you. Tell us about yourself, your background, uh, your role at PayPal, and and then we'll kind of dive into it all. 
Okay. Well, thanks so much, Rob. I really, first of all, I just want to say it's just a pleasure and, and it's an honor uh, to be here. So thanks for, thanks for inviting me. And uh, that's, that's a lot of question, um, but I'll do my best to, to kind of hit all those bases around a little bit about me and my background and my kind of path to PayPal. Um, so yeah, as noted, I'm Dr. Tiffany Raymond uh, or Dr. T as they like to call me here at PayPal uh, among friends as we are. And so I do lead global customer advocacy here at PayPal. I've been here for over nine years. So in fact, it'll be a full decade next August. So excited to hit that milestone. Uh, I think, you know, background wise, my background is pretty untraditional for someone who's in the fintech space. A lot of my colleagues came up through, you know, the card networks um, and acquirers and things like that. Um, you know, for me, both of my parents were writers. My dad was an academic and that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, my whole upbringing. And so I was really laser focused on that. I went straight from high school. Um, in fact, I grew up in Northern California now um, in the wine country in a, a town called Petaluma, uh, where I was actually the fourth consecutive generation graduate from the same high school. So which is extremely rare in yeah. particularly in California. And, um, and so I went straight from there to uh, earn my undergraduate at um, the University of Arkansas, where I graduated with honors. And then I went to the University of Tennessee, where I earned my master's degree. And then I came back to California, but kind of like the two sides of Pennsylvania, I went to the dark side and I went to Southern <laughs> California. Um, and I uh, attended the University of Southern California and I earned a, another master's degree and my doctorate. So uh, I was definitely on that track to you know, being an academician. And as I was working on my doctorate, I you know, kind of needed some extra money for my, that teaching stipend did not really cover life in Los Angeles. And so I kind of had my own little side hustle. And so I started working at a dot com. And uh, so <laughs> kind of a, kind of unusual, perhaps. And it was this might sound weird to say, but I really fell in love with working in business. And that had never really entered my consciousness as something I might do or even yeah. pursue. Um, but I loved the kind of just collaboration, teamwork, really getting to work together with people towards a common goal. And that's something that you very much don't have in kind of the lonely halls of academia. Uh, and something that I very much, um, you know, didn't realize how much I craved that. And so, um, but I'm kind of a stubborn person. And so I did continue and I finished my doctorate, even though I knew well before I finished it, that I was not going to pursue that as a career path anymore. Um, but it was a goal I always had. And so yeah. it was good to accomplish that. And so anyway, so when I worked at this.com, I worked at a company called LegalZoom.com. Uh, and they were the original really, um, you know, legal tech company. Yeah. So they kind of founded that whole space of legal tech. And I was actually employee number 12 there. Wow. Um, so it was, it was a, it was a one room startup truly, um, when I started working there. And then I was there for over a decade. And by the time I left, it was a, you know, very much a mature enterprise business. So yeah. I really got to go on an incredible journey of, you know, seeing and learning so many parts of the business. Um, and what really, you know, my, all of my favorite roles were really around, you know, serving our customers mm -hmm. um, and being that kind of customer advocate. And so uh, particularly, we were of the largest, you know, former of uh, small businesses in the U.S. Um, through limited liability companies and through yeah. corporations. And so uh, that was something I worked with very closely, worked with our merchants. And so um, that was a really uh, amazing journey. And so then I kind of made the jump from legal tech over to fintech, uh, yeah. you know, working here at PayPal. So I think 
you know, PayPal and LegalZoom are both kind of, you know, the pioneers in their space. Yeah. You know, they're both the originators and they both really leaned into, you know, using technology to scale mm -hmm. uh, and using technology to really, you know, make life, you know, hopefully easier and better um, for people. Right. No, uh, and that's really, you know, um, that's really, I think, you know, what is so what I love so much about PayPal is that yeah. we were that pioneer in the space of digital wallets and digital payments, and we're still the industry leader over 20 years later. So that's yeah, not a it's... that's not an easy crown to keep hold of. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, just kind of our innovative spirit. Been yeah, been able to do it, and it's kind of funny. You know, you, you think about it, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is you, you mentioned obviously academia, a lot of writing and head down, heads down, that sort of stuff, but. To PayPal, right. where it's more numbers and finance. Like, do you ever, you know, mm -hmm. joke? I'm sure you get a lot of uh, about, you know, have, wanting to be a writer, but then kind of getting into the a, a company that's in the finance space and you know, writing and number. Well, how are those SAT scores in terms of like math as opposed to reading? <laughs> right. Very strong in both. I was a, I was a valedictorian. So you got oh, there you go. You so. so you you I were know, set up I, to do I, what you wanted. Yes, yes, wow. No, that's awesome. Well, t tell us a little bit about like the the role of customer advocacy too like what does that mean yeah. uh, at paypal and kind of what you're doing yeah yeah well i like to think i have the best job at the company so um <laughs> it's always a, it's always a good view to have uh so customer advocacy you know in our case you know in my team's case when we're talking about customers we're really talking about merchants and partners specifically um now paypal has over 35 million uh, merchants in our portfolio so that is a very large family um you know globally um, we're very proud to serve that family and really you know customer advocacy is about identifying those merchants and partners who have had a good experience with our products and solutions uh, and then really helping them you know amplify that experience yeah. um you know and kind of you know externalize that in a form factor it could be a video it could be a case study it could be a testimonial right it could be an event so there's lots of different ways that you know our advocates can and, you know, kind of altitudes that they can engage at. Um, and our goal, you know, one thing, one way I really think about what I do is just kind of unlocking the power of our super sellers, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when you have a happy customer who wants to talk about how your products and solutions have driven value for their business, you know, that's much more relatable to other businesses mm -hmm. than, you know, you talking about how great you are. So yeah. well, um, <laughs> that's, it's an important thing to, to, point out because I, you know, I ask it for a couple of reasons, one to set up mm -hmm. sort of where we're going, but two, yeah. because I, our cust our, our members too, right. As yeah. retailers, they need to know that that's something that, you know, they should be doing too. And I, I think a lot of them yeah. do, but the idea that, you know, you can talk about your business and how great you are and, and it's, it, it right. means something, right. But to have your customers, it's those online reviews, especially in the retail space that we kind of mm -hmm. uh, harp on and, and try to, you know, get them to find ways to sort of get them out of their customers to go online and give that review, yeah. that Google review, right. About, you know, the yeah. experience they had with that business. And, yeah. um, so it's an important sort of, you know, point to make about the, the role of the customer in, you know, your success as a business. So, um, but mm -hmm. it also back to the PayPal side, it kind of, you know, it gives you line of sight into the things that are going on today in this landscape and how, yeah. you know, your customers or, uh, the advocates are, you know, using the platform in a way that is amplifying their business and helping them succeed. So um, mm -hmm. kind of sets up the picture. What 
you know, you mentioned kind of the the breadth of how many customers you guys work with. Um, what's that landscape <laughs> like today? Like, you know, e-commerce is such a big, we've seen it explode in retail um, mm-hmm. you know, over the last 15, 20 years. So, you know, set paint that picture for us of like what the e-commerce landscape looks like today and, and sort of, uh, you know, in the scope of PayPal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, e-commerce has only, you know, continued to be more relevant um, since the sort of supercharged acceleration of the pandemic. Um, You know, I think post-pandemic, there was some sort of, you know, I don't want to say concern, but are things going to back off and to what extent they might back off? But we haven't really, you know, seen that. Um, I think it really comes down to the fact that, Consumers who are maybe more, you know, slightly digitally engaged on the e-commerce side are now more fully engaged and really like the convenience, right, the speed, the choice, the price that they can, you know, find when they're, you know, in the e-commerce setting. And then I think, you know, just thinking about, right, this particular moment in time, we're in a, you know, high inflation zone and, you know, shopping online gives consumers a lot more choice around pricing, right? You're not sort of limited by the prices that you can drive to. Uh, And so, you know, as consumers are looking to economize and stretch their dollar, e-commerce is also a great way for them to do that. So it really kind of helps them at any given moment in time, whether that's sort of pandemic and being in lockdown or now, you know, how can we stretch our dollars um, in this, you know, maybe tighter economic environment with the price of goods and services going so, um, so I think that's why it's really, you know, so critical to to have that you know online presence, you know, regardless of you know what type of of merchant you are, because that's not going to slow down, and it really provides a secondary front door uh, yeah. for you, right? Your business can only be you know physically open during certain hours, but you know if I'm browsing online at midnight in my pajamas, as we often all do, uh, then you know you can be there to meet and greet your customers through or your potential customers through an online presence. So you know participating in that e-commerce opportunity and that landscape is is really is really critical yeah and I, I mean the last couple of years i think proved that to any naysayers that may have still existed especially i feel like mm-hmm. you know you're always independent retailers they're so locally fo- focused so they feel like well yeah yeah I'm necessary evil in terms of the website and e-commerce yeah. but um really kind of proved its case i think especially over the last couple of years with just you know, it is that to your point, the second front door, right? If if a customer mm-hmm. can't get out of their house, um, you know, be be it a pandemic, weather, any, any reason, they just they want to they work from home. And, you know, hey, what, you know, the, there's reasons to to um, you know have that online presence and and put it forth as something that you want to put effort into mm-hmm. and and you know treat it like a second showroom, even right? You know, it, it's yeah. it's where so yeah. much of the um, the the research today goes into, you know, prior to making, especially in, you know, appliance and furniture and, and yeah. major consumer electronics, you know, customers are going to do that research before they make that big purchase. Right. Yeah. So having a yeah. website that has the tools and the info, you know, the, the payment opportunities to, to be able to check out and make those purchases, um, all the more mm-hmm. important, but, uh, and when I say payment, you know, I, you know, we talk about e-com and kind of what, what that's become online. Mm-hmm. Um, more than just debit and credit cards today. So talk about the, yeah. you know, we, we we dove into this recently on the, um, I don't think the podcast, but the Independent Thinking blog for Nationwide Marketing Group, just about, you know, alternative payments and kind of what that means today. Um, sort of new in the retail vernacular, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, people, 
They, yeah. When they think about online payments, the, the first thing that comes to mind is those debit and credit cards just punching in numbers, but right. it's so much more today. So so kind of set that up for us and what that looks like and uh, define those alternative payments for us, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I'll, first I'll kind of double back around to yeah. this, you know, online presence, because I think, you know, if there are kind of holdouts out there, or maybe you're thinking, I can't sell my actual products online, right? Maybe, you know, as a local provider, um, you know, I can't, you know, sell a refrigerator online. I'm not set up for that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't still have that website and that yeah. secondary front yeah. door. Because, you know, the reality is in the, the sort of, you know, Amazon era, people do you know, tend to think more of, you know, big box retailers. And so you want to make sure you don't get lost in that consideration set. And that's really where having your website, you know, something as simple as an about us page, that's your chance to tell your story, introduce yourself. You know, if I was opening a business in Petaluma where I went to high school, I would forefront that I was a fourth generation graduate from Petaluma High because that demonstrates, you know, I have roots, Um, You know, you can trust me, you know, I am someone who is committed to the community. And so, you know, that's, I can't talk to every person who comes through my door, but you can, you know, talk to them through your site and really differentiate yourself, really humanize yourself, right? Not to say that, you know, big brands, you know, um, you know, you know, lack humanity. That's you know, certainly not the case with PayPal. Um, but you know, it's your chance to, to differentiate yourself and help people understand who you are, build that trust. And trust is ultimately a driver of purchasing behavior, right? No. I'm going to get emotionally attached to you reading about you. And then I'm going to want to give you my business, right? I'm yeah. going to prioritize you. And so don't miss out on that opportunity. Um, and I like that we were talking earlier about reviews, because that was another thing that I wanted to touch on as well, is that you know, that's where people turn to inf- for information. Mm-hmm. And so you know, make sure that you're asking your happy, satisfied customers to write reviews on Yelp and on Google, um, yeah. because you don't want to just be in a position where, you know, unhappy people are going to be a little bit quicker, probably to write those reviews. And so you want to make sure you have that counterbalance, because the reality is, the vast majority of your customers are going to be happy and satisfied. And you don't want that vocal minority to, you know, end up skewing, you know, your reputation online. So make sure that you're asking those customers to do that. Give them a little card, something to make it easy for them, you know, when you're, you know, delivering and and dropping off. And and I think, you know, and just think about yourself as a consumer, right? So, you know, just the other day I was sort of going, okay, I need a, I was looking for a bakery and nothing was really springing to mind. And so I looked online, of course, and then, you know, there was one that came up that had zero reviews and hmm, okay. And then there was one that came up that had 686 reviews with a 4.7 stars. So think about yourself as a consumer, which one are you going to choose in that scenario? (laughs) And I can tell you which one I have been to. (laughs) 4.7 star reviews because I thought, okay, this place is obviously well-loved, right? Here's my opportunity to fall in love with it too. So help facilitate that journey um, for your customers to, you know, help them fall in love with you before you even walk in the door. I was anchored on the fact I was going to have a great experience before I even got there. So don't miss that opportunity. I I feel like did someone give you the nationwide playbook? Because there's a lot of words you're using that are similar to conversations I feel like we have on a regular basis with some of our members, because I, I also feel like I have to bring up the fact that we didn't provide that to you or or pay you to say that. <laughs> so so you're, you're, like saying, you're saying no, I, I jest, right? I, you're like saying the things that are, but it's important to hear because I feel like, you know, it's one of those things like, 
you know, I, I relate it to being a parent and like kids say, or, you know, yeah. parents say things to their kids so often. Right. And, and, but it, yeah. it takes like the teacher or some other, you know, figure in their life to say it where it's like, oh, maybe I, you know, I'll listen to that. Right. <laughs> it's right. just, but it's true. Yeah, like it's they need to, I, they need I, to hear I it from a different voice. Swimming. Yeah. Massive fail. <laughs> Took him to swimming lessons. It worked. Whatever, right? however they said it, however that other person who said the same thing, the same words, word for word, what you said, uh, no, it just it happens to get through. But like, it's important, mm-hmm. you know, for sure to hear that because you're. Mm-hmm. It's it's also cool to me too to hear you say those things because I know that it almost validates like, hey, maybe we're we're on to something with how we're you know talking about the retail business mm-hmm. and talking about e-commerce mm-hmm. and talking about websites. You know, it's yeah. um it's a proven method. And, and it, it, I mean, it's yeah. just understanding sort of consumer behaviors today and adjusting. Um, and that's one of the things I right. think, you know, independent retailers, especially, you know, if there's anything that they have, that's a, a major leg up over, you know, a, a big box corporation is that they can adjust, you know, they, they have the mm-hmm. ability to, to pivot their strategy on a, you know, a quicker turn. They're, they're more of that tugboat as opposed to a giant steamer that, um, you know, can can mm-hmm. make those quick maneuvers. So to be able to adjust those, you know, to those, you know, new ways of a consumer behavior, it's, mm-hmm. they can do it. And, and, you know, they just have to find the ways, find the things that resonate, find the differentiators, you know, for them um, and lean into them. So I, I, I appreciate all mm-hmm. that. You know, it's cool to hear you talk about that in, in that way. And, um, you know, validation for us, <laughs> I think as well. So well, good, good, yeah, good, good, right? good. Well, e-commerce is kind of, you know, what I spend, you know, yeah. that's really the, what I spend the vast majority of my time working on, right? Through, so you get uh, to see through our merchants yeah. and through our partners. It. And so, um, this is, you know, really kind of, you know, an area of expertise for me. So I'm yeah. glad that it's, uh, well, you know, <laughs> singing out of this, out of the same songbook. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, well to, to get to the alternative payment methods, cause I know yeah. that's something that is new that, yeah. you know, we've been talking about a lot with mm-hmm. our, our members, um, because it, it's one of those things that I feel like, you know, it, they were around and there were opportunities and, and we kind of, you know, saw them sort of creep into e-commerce, you know, over the last couple of years. But really, again, it's one of those pandemic things, right, that I feel like that helped it take off um, and, and become mm-hmm. a thing. And um, that's just for Marcy, but I, I'd love to hear your sort of perspective on alternative payments and, first of all, what they are. Uh, and then we can kind of dive into the, uh, you know, the ways that our retailers and our members can implement them. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great question. And I think when you think about payments, you think about your sort of we'll call it more traditional forms of yeah. payment, right? Kind of to your point, you think about your credit card, mm-hmm. your debit card, you know, checks, right? If we're going yeah. old school here, or uh, your ACH. Um, and so, but I really think almost the phrase alternative payment methods is almost kind of a misnomer these days because the alternative payment methods are just as commonplace now as the traditional payment methods. So in some ways, I really think the phrase alternative payment methods just needs some rebranding and and probably some execution um, from the vocabulary because it's really just about payment methods. And even if you think about PayPal, I'll take us back pre-pandemic. So in the last five years, over 70% of adults in the US have used PayPal to make a payment uh, online. So that is an absolutely massive number when you think about the adult population of the U.S. So that tells you it's not really an alternative. It's not a fringe. It's not just for kind of a few special people. But this is really the mainstream as far as how people pay. And that really directly correlates to, you know, the rise and the dominance of of e-commerce, right? As people, um, you know, are buying things online. 
things, digital wallets like PayPal, the original digital wallet, um, which was really solved, which was created back in the, the 90s to solve this problem of, you know, paying online. Um, you know, those things have really, you know, gained even more traction. And even PayPal itself, it's in over 200 markets globally. So we have a huge um, global footprint and that really, you know, trust underlies all of that. And there's a, a global trust in our brand because we are so well known uh, throughout the world. And, and so, you know, there are certainly, you know, regionally, there are alternative payment methods that are known in certain locales or regions, like in the Netherlands. Um, there's a very popular online payment method called Ideal, um, but that's very unique to that particular, yeah. uh, particular country, whereas you know, PayPal is something very universal um, and global. So, I think, you know, as to, you know, why as a consumer you want to be using PayPal, it's really about our foundation is really around trust um, and security. And so, you know, particularly when people are shopping small, rightly or wrongly, we assume that larger companies are more secure, right? Yeah, <laughs> You know, they're, they're bigger, they're recognized names. Um, I'm not saying, you know, that's necessarily correct, but that's a perception that we have. Whereas when you're shopping small, you think, okay, this is a solopreneur. This is a small, you know, business, maybe with a limited number of employees, you know, they don't have the capacity to, you know, hire dedicated fraud teams and security teams and things that you find in larger enterprises. So that's really where the value of PayPal becomes really paramount uh, because when the consumer is purchasing online using PayPal, then we're providing the shipping information, right? We're mm -hmm. saying, okay, here's Rob's address. Here's where you send the basketballs or whatever the item is. Here's the money, but we don't actually give them any of the payment information. So, um, you know, whereas when you enter your credit card directly into a site, you don't yeah. really know as a consumer, you know, what their security is. Um, and so we certainly see continued surges in data breaches and these folks who are doing this are getting more and more sophisticated. And so, so, you know, don't put your business at risk. Don't put your customers at risk. Don't be at risk as a consumer, right? Yeah. Um, there's actually a really interesting website where you can see um, how many security breaches your uh, email address is associated with. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, it's called haveibeentoned.com, uh, uh, P-W-N-E-D. And so it's a really fascinating place to go. And, and I think, you know, one lens is where could I use PayPal um, yeah. to prevent, you know, some of this? And, and not to say, you know, we'll never ever, you know, be the subject of this, but, you know, this is our, this is our core competency is around payment yeah. security, um, not really, you know, selling basketballs or appliances or right. you know, other things. So right. it's something to really, you know, think about um, on both sides of the coin yeah. as a consumer and, you know, as a retailer or as a merchant. And then you, you mentioned the security aspect and um, you know, the, the idea too, I think there's sort of that, that, reputation that comes a lot like if a if a smaller vendor and you, mm -hmm. know, you know when we're talking about our members independent retailers like yeah. the idea of yeah. a customer seeing a pay you know having paypal's logo as a, yeah. an approved vendor like a a, a payment provider yeah. kind of provides yeah. that validation to the customer that okay this is a legitimate business that's you know doing mm -hmm. things that yeah. um you know have rep have the reputation of a paypal and that they're mm -hmm. associated with and um kind of yeah. provides that comfort i think to them too you know as a customer yeah. that you know this is someone that i, yeah. I could trust uh to do business mm -hmm. with as well if they're shopping online mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I would say, you know, even more than that, it's really a driver of customer behavior, right? Yeah. There's a there's a halo effect 
um, mm-hmm. that are SMBs, you know, and merchants in general, you know, benefit from from PayPal is, you know, feeling helping the customer feel at ease is what's going to help them drive, you know, that purchase yep. behavior that you want them to take and yeah. make. Um, so, you know, provide those rails for them. So, you know, I always kind of describe payments as, you know, sort of like a slide, right? Like yep. make a nice smooth slide for them. You know, no one wants to go down a slide with spikes coming out of it. So, um, <laughs> No, that's awesome. There's also the convenience factor too, right? Like I think, um, I know, well, there, there's mm-hmm. Venmo out there, right? A, a PayPal brand. And, yes, um, just you know, a PayPal brand. I, mm-hmm. I, I think about, you know, just being a kid in Little League, right? Going to the Little League snack stand and seeing the convenience of being able to like, oh, I forgot cash. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? There's mm-hmm. ways to do it. Right. In per- it. It's proof too that, you know, yeah. obviously there's the e-commerce aspect of it, but more so the the digital wallet, right? And, and being able yeah. to, um, you know, provide those other ways of paying uh, at the point of purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, I need a couple bucks yeah. for uh, some snack stand purchases that are always going to be asked for, uh, you know, whether they <laughs> eat them or not. Uh, and, and uh, you know, to be able to do that in a way that um, also for the, like convenience for the customer, but convenience for the, the merchant as well, to be able to accept yeah. those payments mm-hmm. in a way that, um, you know, allows it if i didn't have cash or you know showing up without cash you have customers that right. show up without cash now they have another way to pay mm-hmm. and you're not missing out yeah. on that sale as well so there's just yeah. the, that convenience yeah. side of things too to consider yeah well i think it's really about meeting people where they're at right, right? um right. giving them that choice and flexibility so and that, that really enhances your bottom and it enhances the customer experience and it enhances your bottom line at the same time so that's truly a win-win scenario uh, yeah. as a merchant. Well, I, I feel like we've kind of addressed this and sort of talking about it, but you know the the impact of you know to your point, maybe not the right thing to call them, but alternative payment methods. You know, what, what kind of mm-hmm. impact have you seen, um, and, and sort of what's the you know potential growth moving forward uh, of these types of payments you know in in this space? Yeah. Well, and I think one alternative payment method that you know we did not touch on. Um, but that's, you know, makes me think about the future as well is, you know, buy now, pay later. That's another variation, another flavor of alternative payment methods. And PayPal has a pay and for solution um, that is certainly, you know, something we've seen rapid adoption on from consumers. And, and really, you know, it's something that makes it easy for consumers, right? The reality is people, you know, want to be able to, you know, typically even purchase nicer versions of the things that they want, right? Mm-hmm. Do I want the better vacuum or the worst vacuum, right? Um, you know, typically I want, if I'm buying something, I want the nicer version of the thing. And yeah. so being able to sort of pay for something in four predictable installments is very nice for consumers and helps, yeah. you know, spread some of that, um, you know, that financial pain without needing to lean into things like credit cards and other things that, you know, can really create debt and, you know, high interest rate scenarios. So I think it's, it's really appealing to, you know, today's customer across, you know, demographics. So anyway, that's just another version sort of, of of alternate payment methods and one that we've seen grow and will continue to grow, I think, as we're talking about this kind of growth. And, and I think back to the sort of misnomer of, you know, alternative payment methods, even if you look at, you know, something like, you know, Cyber Monday, which is relatively recent, uh, relatively recent past, you know, uh, you know, that day, just Cyber Monday, you know, PayPal, um, processed more than 87 million transactions. So that does not really suggest, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, fringe. We were, we were processing, you know, 61,000 transactions a minute, um, you know, 
And um, so that really talks, that really speaks to scale. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because that's where my head was going too. And you beat me to it by mentioning the holiday mm-hmm. where as we're sitting here, you know, obviously an early, mm-hmm. early 24 podcast, but um, we're not too far removed from that holiday shopping period. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, numbers may not be right in front of you. If, if they are, that's awesome. But, you know, it just kind of speaking generally too, you know, I, I'm sure as a, as a provider of these types of payment methods, you guys have seen some tremendous growth just over the last couple of years on that number of transactions and just uh, different ways too. Like I, I can only imagine the types of insights that you guys have as far as how, you know, how shopping online has evolved even just over the last couple of years as these more, um, I, it's not traditional. It's not true. Now I want to define the term with you, right? If we're not calling it alternative okay. payment, is it non-traditional yeah, it payment really methods? Does that right? I don't want to call it alternative. To yeah. the reality of so, the numbers. So right? non non-traditional <laughs> payment methods. Maybe we'll, that's what we'll go with, right? Um, are, you know, you got some great insights into the rise of those and sort of how they've. Mm-hmm they've evolved over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think, you know, and I think we see this in retail and in e-commerce as well, just, you know, fraudsters getting, you know, more and more creative. Um, And so that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we have a massive, you know, InfoSec team and just, you know, the the things that they see and do are just absolutely, you know, astonishing as far as the ways that, you know, we are, you know, constantly, you know, battling fraud and, and anticipating sort of where that hockey puck is going and mm-hmm. really getting in front of it. So it's a, it's a nonstop activity. Um, and, um, and so that's, that's something that, you know, isn't something our retailers or our merchants or our consumers always, you know, see or think about, but yeah. it's, you know, something that we are always laser focused on. And uh, there's, there's some, some impressive numbers there. No, that's awesome. Well, for kind of the uh, to to round it up, you know, the the last yeah. uh, last kind of pitch to a customer uh, or a retailer rather about you know the the process. Well, let, let's walk through the process, right, of, of adding PayPal to their website and kind of the the hows and whys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, yeah. what's sort of the uh, if they if they got to this point in the episode and they're still considering, like, well, what, what's this really mean for me, right? Like, I think we've done a right. good job explaining, but kind of, you know, sum it up for us um, as far as mm-hmm. why an independent retailer should add something like PayPal to their website, um, and you know, what's what's that process like to get set up? Yeah, yeah. Well, good news. That's you know, on the and when it comes to you know things like this, it's not you know the '90s anymore. People don't have to sit around you know trying to figure out how to code their own websites. Uh, so the reality is that the vast majority of our our SMBs and and even many of you know up funnel from there, up segment from there are really integrated. Um, with PayPal through partners, right? Yep. Uh, a lot of our SMBs, you know, use us and find us through our partners. Um, so I think, you know, um, Nationwide being a great example of that. So that's, you know, that's kind of nice because it's usually available kind of out of the box um, in some format as you're, you know, onboarding with with a partner. So that takes a lot of the trial and tribulation out of um, out of that because, you know, that's not ultimately your core competency, right? You want to focus on, you know, selling your goods and services, not, you know, dealing with all the sort of behind the scenes things. So, um, but I think, you know, we did a, you know, my team recently did a a case study with BlendJet, which is a, you know, sort of 
SMB that's grown into a, a larger merchant, um, you know, these sort of like handheld uh, blenders. And so when, you know, we were talking to, you know, their CEO as part of this process, and uh, he had this great quote that was said, you know, there's no good business reason not to go with PayPal. Uh, and so I think, you know, putting, you know, using your, your customers to help tell your story, to kind of bring it back to where we started, uh, I think is, is really critical. And, you know, for them, you know, they see a third of their transactions coming through PayPal, which I think goes back to what we were talking about earlier around, especially for SMBs, that halo effect of, you know, PayPal really giving consumers peace of mind and knowing that it's a trusted brand that they can trust. Um, and really when it comes to the to SMBs or really to any merchant, driving growth is key. And PayPal is, is really here to help with that. Awesome. Well, I think a great way to sum it up, right? Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think I could say it better myself, so I, I don't think I'm even going to try. <laughs> so I think all I'm going to say to that is, uh, Dr. T, I appreciate the time and, uh, you know, oh, the opportunity yeah. to have uh, both you and, and the PayPal brand on our independent thinking podcast. So this was oh, uh, a lot of a lot of fun and something I hope we get to do again in, in the not too distant future. <laughs> yeah, same. This is definitely the highlight of my week. So, yes, thank you so much for, for allowing, uh, allowing for the space for that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Awesome. And thanks again to Dr. T for taking the time and chatting with us about the world of e-commerce uh, and the role that it plays in today's digital landscape and the shopper journey and, and all that stuff. And those uh, non-traditional payment models, we'll, we'll call them from now on. So uh, really cool to, to be able to chat with her and get the PayPal perspective on the world of e-commerce and uh, just the, the impact it has on retail today and more specifically the independent retailer. So appreciate her taking that time. And as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah.